Welcome to the Casual Planeswalker Podcast. This week, a salute. Oh, you gonna take me home tonight. To fatties. Alright, so this week we have we have the normal lineup that you're used to of Brad, Josh, and Nick, but we also have a special guest, Zach Good. He's uh, actually the person who taught me how to play Magic, and I was the person who taught Josh how to play Magic, so it's kind of a, you know, like the vampires being sired sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. That's where I was. <laughs> so don't I kill me. Kill Zach. I, I am your, your spiritual father in all of this. <laughs> so I fit in this little trifecta, so I'm just going to be on the outside. That's Yeah, you're not a member. <laughs> you haven't shared our bloodline. <laughs> but yeah, it's nice to have you, Zach. Welcome, welcome to the Casual Planeswalker podcast. Thank you. What I was thinking is we've been seeing a lot of these Eldrazi spoilers come out. And uh, by the way, if you head over to our website at casualplaneswalker.com, we just updated the the site to have an Eldrazi spoiler. So we'll we'll try to keep it updated, you know, as much as we can with what we see around the internet. So head over there if you want to check that out. But we've been talking for the last couple of weeks about a lot of the Eldrazi creatures that are coming out, and you can't help but notice that most of them are huge. Like some of the first ones we saw, you know, Kozilek, a few weeks ago we talked about him, and he was a 12-12. We don't see that very much. And uh, it seems to be the way of things in this set. The The creatures are monstrous. They have big... Big mana costs, big power and toughness, and and plenty of cool abilities to boot. So I figured we'd devote a little bit of our time to talking about how the role of the fatty is going to, you know, influence the game, how it's affected how, you know, we've <laughs> we've learned how to play magic and how to deal with things. So we'll start off by talking about some of the cool, big, monstrous creatures from the new set. Like, I I am actually pretty stoked to see the Kalni Hydra. Yeah. It's oh, yeah, uh, pretty splashable. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. so. I, I think you could probably run it in a mono black deck, splash it for some little bit of green, you can get him in there pretty easily. Oh, yeah. Easily. <laughs> no, no problem. So if you're not familiar with it, it's uh, an 8-8 trample... That costs uh, eight, eight green. <laughs> green. <laughs> Naturally, eight green mana, which sounds pretty tough to cast. But if you uh, look at the ability there, it says it gets one green less to cast for each green creature you control. Yeah. Token deck. Token. Yeah, exactly. And I think what's interesting about this set too is the uh, the fatty support that you're getting with the Eldrazi drones and and. Uh, that Colney is his, his own support there. So that's going to shake up the entire history of the thing by making fatties everywhere easier to cast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. I think I think I like him as one of the best of the just generic fatties that are coming into this set because he he's an 8-8. I mean, good lord. You can... Any green deck probably has multiple creatures in it. I mean, you have to be playing mono green to be playing this Oh, my guy. God. Guys, I just realized what this is. What? what? This is green affinity in disguise. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. It is, it, is, it is the devil. We must cast it out. 
<laughs> we must <laughs> burn <kidding>. these cards. <laughs> oh my goodness, they're trying to trick us into liking Affinity again. <laughs> it's okay if it's not an artifact. Yeah, it's just oh, artifact. Oh, of course, right. <laughs> exactly. By the way, this guy is a mythic rare, so we probably... Oh, it is. I didn't, we won't yeah, see a ton see of them. Hopefully not. I mean, he's he's still pretty cool, so... And that's what we said about Nova Blast Worm, too, and I think we all have one of those now, at least. <laughs> that's yeah. true. Some of those mythics show up. I know, more. he's... So, also representing from the, the green hood <laughs> <laughs> is the, the formidable Pelica Worm, or Palaka... It's a um, 7-7 trample for four colorless and three green. And then uh, I guess, Nick, you were, you were pretty stoked about this. What do, you, what do you like most about this card? All of the text on it, essentially. <laughs> All of the words. Yeah. All of the words. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's cool because it's at, at minimum, I mean, it's a 7-cost seven 7-7 seven trample. Mm-hmm. Sweet. But it's got these two built-in abilities that actually make it a pretty good utility card. In terms of turning the tides of the battle in a constructed deck or even a limited deck, like if you're drafting it, I mean, it comes down, pumps your life total seven. Gives, gain, you gain seven life when it comes into play. That's pretty fantastic, especially if you can abuse some sort of comes into play mechanic. You can gain seven, 14, 21 life, depending on what kind of deck you're playing it in. But, I mean, just the fact that coming down on its own gains you seven life is pretty neat. Um, the second cool thing is that you don't really have to, I mean, sw- when you swing with him, you're kind of like, all right, even if he dies, I'm still going to get something out of it. So, I mean, he's the fatty that just keeps on, you know, giving. So I think you should bring this guy up when we discuss our combo later today. <laughs> I think that just kind of hit me. Not to spoil the fun for anybody, but keep the Palaka Worm in mind. Yeah. And Definitely. I would agree. By the way, um, the second ability on the Palaka Worm is when it's put into a graveyard, draw a card. So that's the replacement effect in play there. And this guy, interestingly, is actually at an uncommon rarity. Mm-hmm. So, Which I, makes me dig it even more. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm guessing, expect to see a lot more of this kind of stuff. It does have, I don't know, it's, it is three green, I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, compared <laughs> to the Hydra, I mean, that seems really yeah. cool. <laughs> Infinitely playable. We have these sitting here next to each other, and uh, not in physical form, but online we're looking at both of these, so... Yeah, definitely looking at each other next to him. It's just kind of like, oh, that one's perfectly fine. I mean, the other, this one's just easy to play. Yeah, he only costs three green. And if you, if you happen to notice the flavor text, it says, it eats what it wants to eat, which is anything that moves. <laughs> Probably some things that don't move. I mean, honestly, let's be reasonable. Oh, a mountain. Oh. <laughs> wow. Moving on. Um, red has it has a return to the manticore creature type basically uh your worst nightmare he, he looks a little bit like man uh the lead singer of a metal band i, <laughs> like, I was just thinking that I was wow thinking, yeah, like, the guy looks a little screamo so yeah oh, actually i would say the closest person i can think of, no i don't know somebody from metallica or something you know tactical. yeah yeah I, I mean that's a good band name too conquering manticore uh, <laughs> All right, guys, you know what? I I know we really like the idea of of this magic podcast, but I think we have our new goal here. Metal band. Metal band. Let's do it. We're just just narrating the art. Um, (laughs) But but yeah, he's a a 5-5 flying, uh, four colorless, and and two red mana. 
Um, and when he comes into play, you gain control of target creature and opponent controls until the end of turn. Untap it, it gains haste. So not only is he a 5-5 five, five flyer, the equivalent of a, a dragon, um, but he's going to steal for you uh, whatever else is on the board, which in this set is what, Get something no less big. Than 6 6. Yeah. Wow. Or if someone played a Kozilek last turn, I don't know. <laughs> oh, hi, Kozilek. That's mine. That's mine. Here, I'm going to attack you now with your Kozilek. Oh, man. Yeah. Zach, I really didn't even think about the significance of that ability until you put it in terms of what you're going to be seeing on the other side of the battlefield. Mm -hmm. You turn up. I personally was thinking, oh, it's nothing special. Yeah, me too, but with. Oh, and when you, when you get an Eldrazi with Annihilator 4. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I mean, you just, you just wipe the other guy's board with this. And, uh, I think at the bottom, the flavor text has the first line of their hit single. It speaks no commands, but is always obeyed. It does kind of yeah. sound oh, yeah. like I, it. I already got, got the rock <laughs> You know, some grumbling lyrics. Like, it speaks no commands, but is always obeyed. <laughs> <laughs> Conquering Manticore. <laughs> well, you know, ironically, you mentioned uh, Conquering Manticore being the lead singer of a metal band. I think we have the lead singer of a resurging village people sitting next to us. <laughs> If you haven't seen it, you guys got to go check out the oh art. Gosh, that's or, or one of those those great Native American bands with the pan pipes and things. <laughs> we're, we're talking about this Sphinx of Magosi here, uh, pretty gnarly looking dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. It almost looks like it could, at any given point, be like a separate animal from its other like parts. Like yeah, the wings yeah. thing looking, it could be separate. And like the lion. There's like this uh, this crazy spider with a mohawk landed on his back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's a bagpipe, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's a bagpipe okay. spider. This, I, this I, is. I like, oh, go ahead, Brad. Oh, this is great um, radio, by the way. <laughs> Laughing at visual jokes, but. <laughs> go, yeah. go check out Sphinx of Magosi, and you'll check it on our website. It's hilarious. But anyways, so this guy, he's a sphinx, so you know he's he's blue and representing the blue fatties. Um, he's three colorless and three blue. 6-6 six, six flyer, that seems pretty pretty right on. That's pretty good for blue, I mean, yeah. He's got a really cool ability for blue, which is pay two colorless and one blue, draw a card, then put a plus one, plus one counter on Sphinx of Magosi. Wow, that's a, a great deal, and he doesn't tap to do it either. So it, it's sort of like the his own little level up ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. And you're drawing a card. That's freaking amazing. <laughs> Pretty soon, wow. He could hit hard for blue. He could hit really and, hard. And he's three colorless and three blue. So I mean, you'd be content with six six flying. You know, getting yeah. what you pay for there. And that, that, that's something I really like about this set, too, is uh, with abilities like that and level up in, in general, your mana is never sitting idle. That's true. You always got something to dump it into. Mm-hmm. So well, we didn't play as much in the, in the last set, but Nick, how did you, did you... Did you think that the Sphinxes were all that powerful in the last couple sets? Um, The one creature sphinx that i think saw the most play um 
would be uh, Sphinx of Jouar Isle. And ah, the yes. biggest reason behind that one was obviously its peak. No, <laughs> the peak thing was definitely awesome. The fact that you could look at the top of your library, because who doesn't want to do that every single time they play Magic? Like, what am I going <laughs> to draw next? But it's the fact that it had Shroud made it completely playable, because it's like, okay, I'm willing to invest seven mana into a creature, because I know that they're not going to be able to get rid of it. Oh, it's only six. Six mana into a 5-5 five, five, five flyer. Yeah. That is Shroud. And lets you peek and cheat. <laughs> and it lets you be dumb. Eeky face revisited or something. Yeah. All right, so this guy is going to be a welcome actually, addition to the yeah. arsenal of Sphinxes. Yes. Oops. I was just uh, thinking back to our Colony Hydra buddy, and um, I was I was kind of like typing something up here to kind of see how fast you could play him. You could conceivably play him in standard by turn three. Easily play him on, in standard uh, by turn three. Wow. Or even, I think, maybe even earlier. But how's, it, honestly how's enough, that? Well... Uh, I was checking to see if Llanowar was still in, in standard, and he is. Um, first turn, land, you play a Llanowar Elf. Second turn, play another land, Llanowar Elf, and some two converted mana costs, like a Lotus Cobra or something. Mm-hmm. Turn three, you play a land, and that's already enough mana to play him, because you count oh. each Llanowar taps for each plus the two lands that you have, plus they count as the creatures and the other one. The third, the land that you play on turn three is the last amount that you need in order to play him, and that's just kind of ridiculous in my book if you think about it. Well, in, in addition to the land war too, uh, we have the arbor elf from the last last site, which is tap to untap target forest. Uh, so depending on what sort of lands you have, you could even speed that up. I think. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. That's kind of sick. Yeah, I was just so, thinking about it. I thought it'd be kind of fun to be like, "Hey guys, it's an eight eight. <laughs> On my turn, <laughs> turn three. <laughs> Welcome to the party. Welcome to the party. Oh, yeah. and I still have, like, a green open. I'll just, you know, play a Rancor. I don't know. <laughs> play a Rancor. <laughs> just just for giggles. Give him extra just trample. He has double right. trample. Double trample. All right. <laughs> so the last guy, uh, Josh, I- I'm pretty sure you're probably not too excited, but... uh yeah. Let's let's give an intro to this guy. He he looks like a fun dude, you know. He looks like he's having a little party. He just needs um, a beer in his hand. <laughs> he just looks like a you know Coors kind of guy. <laughs> just looks like he could just use it. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's avoid the visual <laughs> uh, jokes for all of the poor people who are listening and straining to figure out what on earth we're talking about. <laughs> See, this guy's look at it. It's just all just like internal. Sort of. Ah, you gotta head over to our site and check out the Eldrazi yeah. spoiler, and you'll see yeah, yeah. all these cards. Should Photoshop them as we've been. Making well, the Hellcarver Demon himself—he's three and three black. Uh, he's a six-six. Again, another mythic. Thankfully, mythic, <laughs> because I don't ever, ever want to see this thing. I'm going to keep repeating words until it's very clear that I don't like him. <laughs> he's a six-six six flyer. Whenever. <laughs> Whenever Hellcarver Demon deals combat damage to a player, sacrifice all other permanents you control and discard your hand. Exile oh the top gosh. six cards of your library. You may cast any number of non-land cards exiled this way without paying their mana costs. <laughs> wow. Hey. Fail. Fail. That's all I have to say. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Winter came and they were forced to eat Robin's Minstrels. <laughs> Yay! The only thing, the only joy I would ever get from this card is bouncing it 
after it deals damage to me. Setting it on oh. fire, perhaps? <laughs> or, or stealing it with the manticore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. That would be... <laughs> Wouldn't that rain on somebody's parade? <laughs> oh, the they don't even get to attack. your other non permanents, too. So that's yeah, you lose all your permanents. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a game ender, though. I mean... Yeah, that's... The top six cards of your library cast any number of non-land cards this way without paying their mana costs. That's just sick. Mm-hmm. Knowing my luck, I get five <laughs> lands and then a land of war elf, though. <laughs> like, you oh, know what would be really funny, though, is um, if somebody did that to you, and then they <clears throat> and then you uh, they cast they went to go cast all their spells, and you just um, what's it called? The uh, mind break trap them. Exile all animals oh. because the casting. Oh. Bang! What? <laughs> no. Done. Huh. Or gain control of one of them, or I don't know, steal their spells. I, it's just a, a sadistic thought that came into my head because, <laughs> you know, the potential drawbacks of using such a powerful card. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how people manipulate it, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the nice thing is it's traditional black where, you know, you stab yourself in the gut and hope somebody goes down with you. you know? <laughs> hope and, that they bleed faster than you do. Yeah, that's the nice thing about it. I, 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 I like it. Yeah. Trick with it. Flavor-wise, it's pretty sadistic. If you were able to, like, somehow stack your deck, you know. I mean, this is magical Christmas land I'm talking about, but um, let's say you attack with Hellcarver because it says you may cast any number of those. You attack mm-hmm. with Hellcarver Demon, and you have Baron Glory revealed as one of those cards, and then a Destroy Target Creature spell, or remove it from the game, like Swords to Plowshares. Swords your own Hellcarver Demon and play just the uh, Baron Glory, and then you win next turn. I mean, that's just <laughs> a magical <laughs> Christmas land scenario of how you could, you know, use that to your advantage, but again, yeah. also silly. The thing I just that just kind of sunk into me is just says... You may cast any number of non-land cards exiled this way without paying their mana costs. It doesn't say when. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to do it at that point. Do you That's have to do it right then? Yeah. Okay. It's when it's, okay. Yeah. I misunderstood that then. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Well, then However, I'm slightly more. You could cast the Eldrazi and cast them. Oh. Yep. Wow. So let's say you reveal yeah. Miracle, the Aeon's turn. Oh, my gosh. Not and then only you take another you turn. turn. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And then you can just swing with both of them because it's not when he attacks when he does combat damage. So just kabang! Wow, mm-hmm. that's Kinda pretty silly. incredible. Boom goes the Drazi. <laughs> I see this set really causing a lot of explosions. Yeah, just I mean, in explosions in terms of one turn completely changing a game. Or right, I thought you were yeah. talking about. In your in your pants? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I was talking about like you know people attacking each other because they've done horrible things to each other. I mean, wouldn't that just be hilarious? Okay, just random scenario. <laughs> you steal them with your conquering manacore. You pull out your emrakel from your deck, and then you smash face with their own like using your emrakel the next turn that you got the extra turn because you stole their hellcarver demon. Huh. There's all sorts of craziness. Oh, there's yeah, I can see some fun stuff, but and that's why fatties are fun. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, go ahead, Zach. I I think that you know one thing we we haven't and I, I this just sunk into me. Sacrifice all other permanents you control. 
So, yeah. I mean, he, he can do this turn after turn. Like, if one turn isn't enough to kill you, he just keeps <laughs> going. So. Hmm. Sad face. So, obviously, we don't re- even need to talk about the Eldrazi too much. They're clearly, you know, constructed to be massive fatties for pretty big costs, too. But we know they're going to be out there pretty fast, as as we've mentioned in previous podcasts. But just in general, this, this trend moving towards uh, sort of, well, seemingly a slower, um, you know, metagame and... Just these huge creatures. What do you guys think that's going to do to the way we play Magic in the, over the next year or so? Well, I was I, when I was looking at it just earlier, I was likening it to Magic inflation. Maybe they're trying just to get rid of all the older, smaller cards that were less powerful, and they're just going to, you know, make everything bigger. Maybe that's their new goal. Magic will eventually become Yu-Gi-Oh. No, <laughs> that would be awesome. They yeah. have to change the starting life total to like forty. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was saying earlier. So, yeah, I, I, yeah Zach thought is they have to come up with uh, some sort of uh, unconditional or fatty specific removal. There's got to be some card in this set that we haven't seen that's that's going to be a, a common, common, hopefully, option to take care of these things. Well, we do have guard duty. Yeah, <laughs> I think guard duty is going to what be a, a very card. popular card. <laughs> that that is card. good. Seriously? And I like the the defender sub theme in general. I've yeah. I've always sort of thought defender was was fun, um, but I mean even even the the big defenders you've got in this set, uh, unless you can do something to to these Eldrazi, they're they're not going to stop them for very long. No, mm-hmm. no, not with annihilator. With annihilator uh, flying, I mean, there, but there's got to there's got to be uh, something. It, it, it you know it appears crazy now, but you know you got to have faith in wizards to balance everything out in the end. <laughs> faith in wizards, just in general, <laughs> not wizards of the coast. Just just, just have faith in wizards. That's how I operate on a daily basis. My taxes <laughs> right now. I figure my, wiz, wizards are doing my taxes. <laughs> That's my goal. I I don't know. I mean, we still got a few days left. I mean, hey, this happen? wizards can still it, step obviously. in. Oh, that's awesome. Faith in wizards. That's a new motto <laughs> to live by. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and uh, talking about some of the older fatties that we're used to, um, Zach, you've been playing since like Mirage, right? And mm-hmm. we were talking about it, and like what the biggest creature we really saw around then was maybe Leviathan. Yeah, I mean, you you had uh, Leviathan, which was unnaturally huge. The most common fatty I remember back when me and my play group, the biggest card we had was Crawlworm, uh, a seven six, and you were just like. Oh shoot! He played Crawlworm. What am I going <laughs> to do now? Um, which I mean, it seems sort of sad today. But I I remember uh, cracking a, a pack of Mirage when it first came out and getting a Crash of Rhinos eight four Trample with whatever ridiculous cost and thinking I had struck gold. Uh, t- so to give you some perspective there on how the the game has changed. So. Yeah, and and through the years we've we've. Uh... We've all fallen in love with uh, some of our own fatties. I know uh, my mistress, Akroma, she will always 
live on in my heart, and I will love to play her in any way that I can. Yeah, I think I gave up every game I ever played that you just <laughs> slapped. I remember any time you ever slapped a chroma on the thing, I was pretty much just scooping my cards. <laughs> it's like, it's oh, like, and new game. <laughs> have two to three turns. <laughs> two to three. <laughs> and then if you realized like, there was a card in existence called Swords to Plowshares, and you were like, oh. Luckily, oh. our playgroup didn't run too many of those at the yeah, time. Yeah, for some reason, no one ever taught me about Swords to Plowshares, Brad. When I <laughs> yeah, I, I don't... Magic. <laughs> I don't know who that was that taught you how to play Magic and never mentioned that card. <laughs> so, obviously, uh, I've got a Chroma. You know, that's that's my main fatty. I, I will always love to play a Chroma. Specifically, the Angel of Wrath, by the way. I, I just love her. She's awesome. Um, but what what do you guys think? Like, what are some of your favorite fatties over the years? My favorite... Uh, going back to when I started playing Magic, again, anybody who listened to the first episode knows that I started playing back in Ravnica, you know, way back when. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, I I really fell in love with Sadek, Lord of Secrets. Uh, the card, he starts out as a 5-5 flyer. And the fun thing about him is that he has my gameplay style just at his heart, which is forget everything that you would conventionally use to win at Magic and do something else. Uh, it's it For anybody who doesn't know Sadek, if Sadek Lord of Secrets would deal combat damage to a player, instead put that many plus one, plus one counters on him, and that player puts that many cards from the top of his or her library into his or her graveyard. And he flies. <sighs> what was that? And he flies. Oh, yeah, and he flies. <laughs> and he flies. So, it, he's blue-black, and... He just, I don't know. I really like the fact that he gets huge. I remember one time playing him, and I had him, we were playing in a multiplayer game, and I'd put some sort of protection on him, and he was up over 100. It, it just, <laughs> terrifyingly gigantic. It was absolutely hilarious. I think I was on static. the losing end of that. Yeah, you were playing, Nick. I remember. It was just like, like there's nothing anybody could do. <laughs> I think there were tears of blood. <laughs> And, you know, the funny thing is I only ever played him maybe like seven or eight times that he actually did anything because usually people would, for some reason, decide that they wanted to get rid of him quickly. (laughs) Why would they ever do that? It was pretty sad. (laughs) But he takes a special place in my heart. And then Bladed Slagworm is just a... Just a solid classic, as far as I'm concerned. He can't be the target of spells or abilities your opponents control. He's an 8-8. He's great in my green enchantment deck. Put some fun enchantments on him and just let him run free. I don't know. Those are the two things that really got it for me. <laughs> what about I mean, you, Zach? There's not too much to say about the Slagworm. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, I'm... Uh... I'm more of a, a traditional guy. I sort of bowed out at about uh, Ravnica, and I'm now getting back into it. So, I mean, old classics like uh, Force of Nature, um, things like Sliver Queen. But but keep in mind, with the old baddies, there was always some sort of a drawback. You know, uh, the cumulative upkeep or, you know, with 
force of nature during your upkeep pay four green or force of nature deals eight damage to you. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the baddies came with such consequences before. So when something like a chroma came out, um, you were just overjoyed that your, your fatty wasn't going to turn around and smack you in the face. But, but even a chroma, um, who who seem great flying first strike vigilance trample haste protection from black protection from red i mean she pales in comparison to uh the eons torn uh aldrazi um with protection from colored spells yeah yeah <laughs> and the, the the thing's just untouchable uh so i mean my fatties kind of uh don't even exist anymore <laughs> There was there was a time when Crash of Rhinos was just the 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 final nail in the coffin, but uh, those days are long gone. I remember you got a lot of play out of and a lot of joy out of playing Sarah Avatar. Oh yeah, yeah that that's a classic, Fatty. Uh, uh, um, star Star, where her her power and toughness are equal to your life total. Um, put Life Link or something on that, and uh, away you go. Um, but the only the only uh, additional rules text on her was when she goes in the graveyard, shuffle back into your library, which, uh, again, that's not much protection for a thing of that size. It's going to get eliminated pretty quick. And Emrakul has that. Yeah, and of course Emrakul has it. So oh, why wouldn't it? <laughs> you know what I want to say to Emrakul? Legacy weapon. Yeah. That's what I want to say to Emrakul. What a wonderful <laughs> card to get rid of Emrakul. Everyone's going to start sideboarding Legacy Weapon. I don't care if it's not in standard, I'm using it. <laughs> what am I supposed to do against that? So it's a scarf. The logo and putting on M10 or whatever. <laughs> You're just I, taping it on. <laughs> I, I'm thinking that, about things is that like... tape? <laughs> Draw that in crayon? No? <laughs> what was that, Zach? Uh, I'm thinking about things like... Uh, pacifism and things like that, but I mean, for Emrakul, there's nothing you can do with that protection from colored spells. Well, I was thinking about this the other week, and our our favorite uh, contender for best removal spell ever, uh, Oblivion Ring will still hit it. Yeah, because uh, its ability triggers once it's in play rather than as a spell. Because he has protection from spells. not Yeah. As it's being cast, mm. an enchantment is a spell targeting the permanent, which means that it can't hit Emrakul. However, Oblivion Ring is a spell only while it's being cast. Once it's in play, it's considered a permanent, which allows its ability to target Emrakul. Huh. So O-Ring for the win. Mm-hmm. FTW. Didn't we say this last... Or the other I think we did. Yeah, yeah we mentioned it. But I was just making sure I was... We gotta keep it ev- in everyone's mind, you know? Like, don't... Yeah, don't like, keep reminding everybody. This. It, We're just gonna not... tell everyone at the end of our episodes. And don't forget, everybody... <laughs> <laughs> Always <laughs> use your O-Ring. <laughs> Always keep one on hand. Protection from spells does not need protection from an oblivion ring. Well, anyway. yeah, and and I want to, you know, I mentioned Akroma as being one of my favorites, but I mean she's she's pretty, I don't know if you would say like linear or something like she's just very straightforward. She's just gonna like punch you in the face. She's pretty straightforward. You lose. No rest, no mercy, no matter what. But what one of my. Uh, favorite like interesting cards with lots of text on it and it's kind of complicated to figure out but once you do it's awesome is uh phantom nishoba Mm -hmm. it's a green and white creature five colorless and then a green and a white it's 
technically a zero zero uh trample, but it comes into play with seven plus one plus one counters on it. And then whenever it takes damage, it instead it gets a counter removed and all the damage goes away. And then on top of this, um Finn and Neshoba has lifelink, so it was I just had so much fun playing that card whenever I could. Um, gaining life, and and he had sort of like, you know, most cats have nine lives. He's only got seven, but still, he's yeah. Why don't they make anyone nine? nine. That's silly. (laughs) (laughs) But how about you, Nick? What are what are some of your fat favorite fatties over the years? My fat favorites. (laughs) I would have to say Helga on the corner. She's pretty awesome. Helga and Ingrid. Um. (laughs) Those are my favorite big ladies. No, oh, magic cards, that's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. I mean, nah. Oh. Anyway, I would say, along kind of with Josh's lines, I came into magic. Well, I played magic probably back when 5th edition was still around. Um, but I kind of phased out of it for a couple of years, and I came back uh, to it back in high school. And uh, Mirrodin block was the big thing at that point and um i remember sitting down with just this like ramshackle deck my friends threw together for me to play at a tournament you know it's casual tournament and i sat across from this kid who you know was just playing lands and playing these land fetching cards and i was like what is he doing and then two turns later and i'm just trying to hit him with like some small like two two creatures and then several turns later he just throws out a tooth and nail which, for those that don't know, it, it's search your library for two creature cards and put them in your hand, or put two creature cards from your hand into play, and it has an entwine cost, so you can do both if you pay the entwine cost. And um, he tooth and nail with entwine, and threw out Darksteel Colossus and Platinum Angel. <laughs> and at that point, I reached across the table, flipped the card around, and went, what? <laughs> because I was staring down the barrel of an 11-11 trample, with a new keyword ability, indestructible, uh, and um, if it would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, reveal it and shuffle it into its owner's library instead. And my mind kind of popped at that point. <laughs> I had no idea what to do to get rid of it. And uh, I, I needless to say, I was dead because I mean they also had Platinum Angel, so and uh, they were also playing weird things like Leon and Abunus, which made their artifacts you know, untargetable and everything. So it's just <laughs> one big mess. Um, but I would say that to this day, that's probably one of my favorite fatties, despite how many games it's lost me. <laughs> Caused me to lose because it punched me in the face. You respect it so much. You know? because and I also it's... love the art. It's just pretty sweet art to me. I mean, Carl Critchlow is a pretty good artist. He's one of my favorites, definitely. Right on. Uh, and if everyone's seen the movie Iron Giant, I mean, that's what I Yeah, mean. That's I can't have. Gonna... I didn't want to ruin your, like, image of that card if in case you hadn't noticed that, but it definitely looks like Iron Giant. I, and I liked that movie, and I thought the design for that was pretty sweet anyway, so... Okay. Maybe, it was a little bit of a tribute from them, from Carl. Yeah. He had to have known that it, or intended for that to be at least reminiscent. Hmm. Well, this week for a combo of the week, I, I still I wanted to stick on the theme of of fatties, and that's kind of the, always the way I've liked to play Magic. I've I learned 
from Zach to deal your damage with creatures, and that's how you win a game. And so as I was learning how to play, I started seeing, you know, I, I saw these monstrous creatures, and I really wanted to, you know, play them, but something like a Chroma, it's cost five and then three white mana, and pff, I'm never going to play a mono-white deck, let's be honest. <laughs> so I wanted to know how can I play such an awesome creature without having to have a ton of mana or without having to, you know, sacrifice half my life or whatever the thing was. And so I started looking for cards that would let me get get them out in a cheaper way. And by far, well, okay, the first combo that I came across, which, I mean, anybody who's been around in Legacy for a while obviously knows this strategy, but it was the reanimator deck strategy. And it hinged upon cards like Exhum, which says each player chooses a creature card in his or her graveyard and puts that card into play. And when I first saw cards like that, I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Like, normally you don't want creatures in your graveyard, but if you have some way to bring them back, you, you get to circumvent that casting cost of the creature. And so I got really excited about that. And then... Naturally, I found cards, you know, like Reanimate and um, uh, Zombify, you know, things. Any any card, any card that said put target creature from your library or from your graveyard into play was going into my mono black deck. And my favorite addition to that arsenal was the card in Tomb, which was restricted pretty quickly because people realized how powerful it was. You know, it's one black mana to as an instant to search your library for a card and put it into your graveyard and then shuffle your library. And only now, recently, it's become unbanned. Yes, maybe I should price. rebuild my Reanimator deck. Really? Yeah. Wow. wow. Shoot, I should have bought more of those. But uh, you should have, just to have them in every deck you own. <laughs> so I love just like first turn. You know, the magical combo is. Dark Ritual, Entomb, Exhum, first turn Acroma, punching in the face for six. How are they going to deal with it? They don't. They, they don't. die. They first, awesome. Well, but. now the big thing to do is Dark Ritual, Thought Seize, or some sort of hand manipulation um, to make sure that they don't have any sneaky counter spells. Then Entomb, then reanimate Iona Shield of the Emiria. So then you can be like, your deck color. Thank you. Uh-oh. And then smack them in the face till they lose. <laughs> hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So, I continued my quest to find uh, cheaty ways to play big fatties, and then uh, I just rediscovered an old card that Zach had sort of introduced to me, but I never really thought about it as a viable option, which was, I think, maybe my favorite card in the game called Sneak Attack. It's an enchantment for three and a red. And for one red mana, it lets you take a creature card from your hand and put it into play. The creature gets haste, and then at the end of the turn, you sacrifice it. So it just opens up the door to any creature you have in your hand can easily be thrown out there for one red mana. They go away at the end of the turn, but who cares? They're so huge. They've done their job. You know, and Josh, you were you were mentioning um, the synergy with the card we talked about earlier. Yeah, 
uh, what I meant, wanted to meant, bring up was exactly how the Palaka worm would work well with the sneak attack. I mean, it, when he enters the battlefield, you gain seven life, and when he's put into a graveyard, draw a card. So one red mana, you yeah. drop your Palaka worm, swing, well, okay, you gain seven life right away, swing for seven trample, and then at the end of the turn, when you have to sacrifice it to snake attack, you draw a card. Beautiful. Sounds amazing. That is one of the best ways you could use sneak attack. <laughs> Zach, you used to have a sneak attack base deck, didn't you? I did. Mm-hmm. What did you use in that one? Oh, that was uh, back in the day of lightning dragons and things like that, where there wasn't a huge um, cost benefit to it, but uh, I would just sort of recklessly throw out big creatures with um, with flash and uh, at least get my money's worth out of them. But but of course, uh, fling is uh, beautiful. Uh, another beautiful way to use that, and any any creature with uh, uh, an ability that is. Uh, activated when it leaves play is going to be fun with sneak attack too. Um, I, b- I believe you used green glean crawlers. Yes, uh, in the sneak attack deck. Glean crawler actually has an amazing um, caveat to its ability that says um, at the end of the turn, glean crawler returns all cards that were put into your graveyard from play to your hand. And if you stack the abilities of sneak attack and and the triggered ability of glean crawler the correct way, it's it's going to trigger and bring back all the creatures that you sneak attacked out that turn back to your hand. And so you pair that with Bogart and Halkite that deals five damage when it comes into play and swings for five, and you get them back in your hand at the end of the turn. I I love sneak attack. There's so many good ways to use it. Uh. So sneak attack is almost a combo on its own, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sneak attack is the combo. <laughs> Nick, have you ever ventured down sneak attack alley? Um, I thought about it. Um, back when you know you had that deck, and I was just so blown away by how potent it was. And I looked up the card online, thinking I'd build a deck around it, and it was like a twenty-five dollar card when I uh, went to do that. So no, I have never <laughs> tried to do that but I, I have given it plenty of thought. And uh, that's you know that's a good point. It is a pretty expensive card, but I committed myself to making that deck, and I've, had it, I've enjoyed playing it ever since. But um, I, in that deck, I use a card called Greater Good, which lets you sacrifice a creature and draw cards equal to that creature's um, toughness. And... I've noticed in the new set there's a there's a card that's similar to that called Momentous Fall. It's mm-hmm. two colorless and two green as an instant, and um, as an additional cost, you sacrifice a creature, and then you draw cards equal to the sacrificed creature's power, then you gain life equal to its toughness.
So I really like that card. It's a rare. I, I love it. I mean, I would put it in that sneak attack deck. Again, just another way to benefit from your creatures. Before they get sacrificed to sneak attack, you sacrifice them to get a ton of cards and a ton of life. If you're doing that to the Palaka Worm, oh my gosh. Yeah. You've already gained seven life. You've gained another seven life. And you would draw one card from it leaving and then seven <laughs> cards for the Momentous Fall. Ah, oh, I love uh, it. As you guys can tell, I'm getting pretty excited about this. Uh, and you can keep doing it, actually, assuming you have enough mana. You can do... You can, you're likely to draw something else. Oh, yeah, of course. That's the I mean, crazy mm-hmm. thing about... So something else is going to come out. It, hopefully something that has some sort of coming into play. You know, Hellkite. Drop, if you pull a Hellkite, drop it and just deal five damage and kill them. Or yeah. whatever. You know, I mean... I've I've won quite a few games by just dropping two Halkites and then you know that's ten damage to the face and then yeah, swinging for ten. They have haste right. and flying. They're five fives. That's when you get table punched. Yeah, that's when I get table punched. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely looking forward to seeing more from this set. Certainly the the fatties are exciting, but I'm looking forward to the to uh, removal and um, what's going to balance this whole thing out. So, a lot to look forward to with the set, I think. Yeah, and uh, it's like it could be a lot of fun. Yep. So stay tuned, I guess. Uh, stay stay with us as we keep looking forward to the next set, Rise of the Eldrazi, and keep looking back to all the other cards we've enjoyed over the years. And tune in next week. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to look us up at www.casualplaneswalker.com or search for The Casual Planeswalker on Facebook to keep in touch and stay up to date with all the latest news we're bringing to you.